We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcane, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. Into hour two here on this Sunday, getting you ready for the Patriots and the Broncos. That'll kick at 8.15 Eastern time. So we get to sit around and watch all the good games before we get to the Patriots and the Broncos joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline as he does each and every WEEI football Sunday. It is Tommy Curran from NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, good morning. Merry Christmas to you. How are you, friend? Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. How's everything? Let's get after it. Well, Merry, uh, Merry, Tommy. That's right. Merry, Merry. And Tommy, I will uh, try to draw a chuckle out of you as well. You know, I think back in 1999, whether it was you on the beat or me doing talk radio, we were neophytes around this uh, football team. And I would dare say, friend, that the buzz going into today's game rivals that sort of final two games of the regular season there in uh, 1999, where it was more of the, okay, what's going to happen the day the season ends? Uh, is it uh, is it at that level in terms of the lack of buzz going into this evening's game? Uh, I remember that period pretty well. I missed field goal by Adam Vinatieri against the Kansas City Chiefs that led to a loss in an 8-8 eight eight season for those Patriots. Um, a chip shot. But no, the, the buzz then was, you know, two Yellow Jacket level. This is a million killer bees. The buzz right now <laughs> is relative to the greatest coach of all time and all he wrought in the 24 years that he's been in charge. So to me, that was, it was much, <laughs> the chagrin was different because it was post parcels. It was 97, 98, 99, 10 and six, nine and seven, eight and eight. And a team that was on the rise and, and felt like it was about to become a championship team. The first championship team that New England had realized since 1986 instead was going in the other direction. So it was it was same old Patriots. Now this isn't same old Patriots because the old Patriots are completely different. It's much different in many ways. But the team's worse. That that is the interesting thing. This team has not been seen since ninety one, ninety two, this level of ineptitude. Um so this is uh more difficult to digest than tonight, Mike Cadlick you see this team that they're going to put out there tonight. It is very bad. They can get an outright caning. Yeah, so I was two years old in 1999, so I don't remember that one quite like you guys do. So let's focus on this one then, Tommy. And you mentioned guys, you know, there's guys banged up, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jabril Peppers, uh, Connor McDermott, all out for this game. Uh, it 
again, we, we talk about the tank and where this team can end up, but, like, you talk about it. What what can we look forward to in this contest tonight in Denver? Because, again, it's going to be the background noise of your Christmas Eve parties and things of that nature. But as a Patriots fan, I guess, and, you know, moving forward into this team or moving forward into next season for this team, what is there to hang your hopes on when you watch this game tonight? Things like Marte Mapu, yeah. things like, you know, is, is DeMario able to negotiate the, this week without having anything befall him and make some plays for you? Does Bailey Zappi continue to make a case for himself as a backup quarterback on this team instead of a guy clinging to a job and clinging to a roster spot? Because I still believe that as this team rebuilds, you need a quarterback room that's nothing like what the Patriots have put together in the last few years. Like nothing. the 20-plus uh, uh, transactions they've taken place that have taken place in the room over the it's last just, three it's weeks? It's just unbelievably insufficient it's in crazy. the quarterback room. Aside from Mac Jones, he spent a first-round pick. He was 15th overall. It was the right pick to make. He didn't develop. We can deep-dive that all we want. Right. But around that, whether it's Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi, you haven't shown enough urgency at that position. You haven't shown enough grasp of the importance of the position. To me, that is one of the first things that they need to address. You, if, whether, and I heard you guys doing that thing with Nick Fitzy Stevens about the five quarterbacks you'd like to see. I throw Baker Mayfield in there. Me too. I was waiting for that. Three. Number three, get. get and I said that before he started going off a few weeks ago. This is your perfect scrap heap guy to put on your team. Sam Darnold would be another one. You yeah. know, I don't know what his situation is in San Francisco, but I'm talking about a guy right. who has started NFL games. Baker Mayfield certainly better than Sam Darnold. And, but that kind of player needs to be in your stable. It's interesting. You already got that guy in Mac Jones. Hi, oh no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, I mean, the, somebody the, who could throw it over 78 miles an hour on the black. <laughs> so you want a, a good lefty bullpen guy to be able yeah. to uh, come in with a big heat and a hook? No, Tommy, I I, I hear completely what you're uh, what you're saying. Wait, quickly, sorry and, on the quarterback. Actually, now that it, now that it's in my head, so the, Malik Cunningham last week when they they let him go, he was on the practice squad. He gets signed by Baltimore. Did they make the wrong decision on Malik Tommy? Should they have kept him around? Should they have tried and built him into this uh, this quarterback that clearly his teammates wanted him, wanted them uh, to see happen? I have less of an opinion on that okay. than I do um, whether or not Bill Belichick should be in a position where he is still making those decisions. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If he decided, I want to do something nice here, We lose may, him. We may have we may have lost Tommy along yeah, we don't the way. Have Tommy. Well, but those... I get what he's saying though, as far as Malik goes, because yeah, like what he was going to mention on if he did a did him a solid right, because you have this this Baltimore system with Lamar Jackson and the sort of the running quarterback who can make things happen with his legs, and the Patriots aren't that. So even if they were going to develop in, into a quarterback, it's not really the system that he's going to excel in. So instead of trying to beat the Ravens to the punch when they wanted to sign him and bring him to the active roster. It does kind of feel like he just did him a solid at the end of the day. Yeah, I would I would also add this, that I, I wonder if once they got under the hood of Malik Cunningham, they started to realize that uh, he's, he's 25 years old and has too far of a way to go, too right. long of a way to go. 
And you you compound that with the fact that it looks like there is going to be, on some level, there's going to be change, right? Uh, whatever the whatever level of change there's going to be, there's going to be. And as we welcome uh, Tommy Curran back, uh, we were talking about Malik Cunningham. And, and Tommy, I just wonder that there was the, like a lot of things this season, there was a plan, hey, let's see if it works. Then when the season starts to get away from you, project and developmental players like Malik Cunningham get just really just get pushed to the side for whatever reason it is. And some of it might be as simple as you're just trying to survive the season. So maybe you give up a little bit on projects like a Malik Cunningham and it is doing him a solid to just kind of let him go somewhere else at this point. I'm sorry. As it is on Christmas Eve, you got phone calls coming in. I tried to hit ignore, and I heard it hit accept because I'm a moron. Don't, don't worry um, about it. Listen, I, uh, you know, uh, like I hit Fitzy with, I'm the sure the Robert Kraft calls get, coming. Think, <laughs> yeah, just the thing with Matt. Sorry, I, don't, I wanted to jump in and make this economically sound. With Malik Cunningham and a lot of other things, the Mac Jones situation slowed everything because you had inept. You had competency in the first couple of games, ineptitude against Dallas and New Orleans, competency against Buffalo, high competence, and that rebooted things. And it slowed the entire process down. That Buffalo game in hindsight, it was kind of it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it really 29, is. 29-25 and give everybody the oh, there they are. Here they come. Here they come. Me included. It really slowed down things. If you're going to be bad, be bad. And that's what one of the things I was saying toward the uh, latter part of the season, saying, you know, now it's unambiguous. They are a bad team. The changes have to be made. Mac has to sit. And the crafts are probably going to have to make the hard decision at the top of the food chain. So that's where things have gone. But it's been a very difficult season. With Malik Cunningham, though, I would have preferred to see him be on the active roster so that he couldn't have been poached from the practice squad there's any number of players who could have been taken off that active roster, released, moved down, put on the practice squad. They wouldn't have been claimed. And as a result, you could have had next year to make a decision on Malik Cunningham after Mac Jones is blown out and perhaps Bailey Zappi is blown out. But I think that's a, a much less likely uh, outcome. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. He is with us here on the Harbor One Hotline on WEEI Football Sunday. Uh, in terms of, of some of the other younger players, right, does Booty get a look here? Do we start to see other guys featured, or is this really the Bill Belichick mode of survival this evening, Tommy, where, hey, we're going to get beat, let's keep it respectable, let's make it look good, let's not, you know, uh, let, let's not get uh, shoved down the side of the mountain in Denver, let's say. Yeah, I think in the nature of what your team is right now, you do have to play conservatively, even if you're saying doing what's best for the team and trying to win the game. You can't go out and start having Bailey Zappi and shotgun trying to do the sprinkler offense that Tom Brady used to do. I mean, there's, this might be one of the worst teams that have taken the field for them personnel-wise since 1990 or 91. There's no Hunter Henry. There's no Ramondre Stevenson. There's no Juju. There's no Jabril Peppers, who I think has been their best defensive player. Obviously, no Judon, no Gonzalez. So we talked about it a little bit this week, I think, Gresh, about our injuries 
cover for Bill and the team's difficulties. I think it's somewhat of an explanation, but it's the depth behind these guys, Catholic, too. Um, when these guys go down, look, it sucks that Hunter Henry got hurt, but it's Pharaoh Brown and a slot receiver right. is behind, are behind him. I mean, it sucks that Ramondre Stevenson got hurt, but it's a guy in Ezekiel Elliott who you picked up in August because the rest of the room was so effed up. And then behind him right? is a guy in Kevin Harris who you elevated twice, and every time you play him, he looks pretty good, but you don't even give him a chance to get on the field until there's injuries. And he was behind Pete Strong. Right. Who had, was absolutely useless after one year and had to be traded away. You cannot swing a dead cat without banging into something on this offensive roster that's like, what in God's name were they thinking? Yep. No, I'm with you. Um, so, Gresh mentioned before the sort of the, the scoreboard, not scoreboard watching, but I guess, you know, the, the scores of these games, and you mentioned they don't have the depth, and they're just, they're not talented. And this is a team that probably has one of the depth-wise, like you mentioned, one of the worst rosters in football. So, speaking on, I guess, Belichick's job security and, you know, your report or what you want to call it from the other weekend and everything here. Are they managing the score down the stretch of these games? Like, that was sort of a talking point last week, but I'm curious your point of view where. It, does Belichick look at what happened down the stretch in Kansas City and think, well, if we go for it here and we don't get it and the Chiefs score, then it's a 31-14 to 14 loss as opposed to 27-17. Like, do you think that's creeping into the mind of Bill when he kind of puts his dossier together at the end of the season and said, well, we only lost these amount of games and we do have these injuries? Like, is he managing managing the losses just as much as he's trying to get wins here? Not at the outset of the game. I do think that, but as the game goes doing on, what's best for the football? To, yeah, I don't think that he's worried about you know the decisiveness of the loss as much as he is. He he becomes ridiculously pragmatic. What's the point? Yeah. I mean, we're going to go for it on fourth tier when those guys we're not going to have enough protection. The likelihood of us converting on this is about 11%. The likelihood of us punting it away and forcing a three and out or getting a pick is probably about 18%. So what are we doing? Just get it out of here. I can't watch it anymore. It's almost as good so as Jules' me, impersonation. That's, that's, uh, if you want to hear a good one, you still have to bring back old Kevin Duffy. Um, <laughs> he's the best. Um, but I think that that's more the case. I mean, he, he's that decorated. He will make, I guarantee, a case, whether it's watertight or not, and I don't think it is, that, hey, it wasn't that bad. Our hands were tied. Judon got hurt. Gonzalez got hurt. They were a bad team when those guys were on the field. Exactly. That happened against Dallas and New Orleans. It was prior to those guys leaving. The team was already going sideways. Judon was trying to convince us we're not a bad team after week two. Yep. So... I mean, it's um, the bill will try and make that case, but I don't think it's a priority to say let's try and lose by 10 or less. Got it. Tommy Curran with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, thanks a bunch. Have a a great holiday. We will uh, catch you uh, after the new year, friend. Much appreciated. Very good. Merry Christmas. Take care, guys. Thank you. There we go. There goes uh, Tommy Curran, Andy Hart of WEEI.com. I like to play a little uh, game with you guys whenever uh, Hart comes on and look at some of the dudes who might be in the holdover category for whomever is going to run the New England Patriots uh, next year. We will welcome in our guy, Andy Hart. We know that uh, for the early games and those of you who are in fantasy playoffs or uh, maybe playing daily fantasy, 
Uh, we will get you those inactives uh, inside this hour before we are done. Now, listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Some trending. We are right back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. We're in the Desiat Brand Football Center. It's Fresh and Catholic here with you, 1125 on WEEI Football Sunday. Christian Foyer will be with us at uh, noon. We'll get you some uh, inactives and other news uh, coming up as the inactives start dropping for the early games. We'll have a, a batch of those coming up for you once they uh, drop at 11.30. We'll get to them at around 11.45, what uh, inactives you need to know. But joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, the other half of the Six Rings Post Game Show, who gets the night off, which is why they have to suffer through 15 minutes with us. It was Fitzy earlier. We now welcome in WEI.com Andy Hart. Hart, good morning. Uh, night off on Christmas Eve in exchange for 15 minutes Christmas Eve morning. That's a hell of a good trade right you, there. You'll uh, you'll take that by God, even though you're with the uh, you know the uh, duplicitous pawn scum of Weei here today, and me and Cadlick for uh, for uh, God's sakes. Hey, I hit Curran with this. This is there's there's so little buzz going into this game. I went all the way back to the end of the '99 season, and Curran was like, "Nah, it doesn't necessarily equate." And here's why: because of Belichick and da da da. But, I, I mean, in the Belichick era, I mean, hard. we got to go back to 2000 to find a game with as little buzz as today, I think. Absolutely. And it's funny because I thought uh, the Chiefs game might have been their most interesting game since, like, September, since we realized they were not a good football team and they were going to be vying for a top-five pick. Just with, you know, the Chiefs coming up that off that controversial game with the offsides and Andy Reid, and you had a little momentum from the Patriots with Zappy and Don't the, forget the Taylor first. Swift. Taylor Swift, buzz. Absolutely, you had some buzz, and this is like the exact opposite. There is nothing for this game, and part of that is, I mean, the Broncos have something to play for. The Broncos are figuring out what the Peyton-Russell Wilson relationship is. There's a lot there, and you know, I guess you got another Super Bowl winning coach on the other side and Belichick's buddy Sean Payton and all that. But I mean, half of uh, more than half of the people involved from the Patriots, when you look at, say, a 50 man roster and I don't know, 12 coaches might not be here next year. Like they are. These are dead men walking. It feels like in a lot of ways, even a lot of the people that are playing because of the injuries you've had or various free agent issues, you know, the bulk of the roster isn't going to be here next year. And then you eliminate Guys that I think are sort of lightning rods for actually uh, playing hard. Guys like Hunter Henry, who I think has been a professional all year long offense, not out there. And certainly Jabril Peppers, the thumper in the back end of the defense, who I think, if anything, guilts everybody else into playing hard and playing physical. So, yeah, there's a, 
There's not a lot to this game. Put it on in the background, and while you're enjoying some eggnog and maybe opening some early gifts, just kind of look up every once in a while to see what the score is and see if the Patriots are embarrassing themselves or not. When we had Fitzy on earlier, Andy, I uh, I said that I was going to still give him a buzz, uh, a buzz while buzz after the game uh, to do our normal <laughs> debrief for me, you, and uh, him. So maybe I'll add you to our conference call. Oh, okay, call cool. We'll, conference we'll talk call. about this game. Maybe we'll put yeah. it on the Six Rings feed because uh, I don't think that's going to be allowed on the FCC airwaves. Drunken here. analysis. Exactly. Drunken Christmas Eve analysis. Uh, I, I like it. it. Um, so uh, looking at this game, I, I said to Tommy when we had him that I wasn't around for that 1990. Well, I was, but I was like two years old talking about that 1999 game. So let's focus Brag. on. Let's Ooh, fo- I'm young. I'm, yeah. I'm Catholic and I'm young. The big 2-6 over I'm here. Uh, <laughs> um, I eat a whole pizza every Friday night with pickles. And, pickle uh, pizza guy. Yeah, with, the, huh. yeah, with pickles and worms on it. <laughs> yeah. Protein. I, we got to uh, We got to get you guys the pickle pizza. Would you guys try, try the it. pickle pizza? What about you, Chris? I would not. I am not. I like you pickles. Suck. Listen, I like, you like pickles. pickles. Perfect. I do, but I am not ruining it by putting it on pizza. It's just a gross thing to go together. It's you want to you want to throw uh, pickles on a hamburger or a hot dog or something like that, or even just eat a dill pickle alone. That's fine to throw it on pizza. Good lord! It's it's scrumptious. It's it, you're missing out. I'll say that scrumptious. More. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, pumpkin. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay, yeah, now that we've gone years old using the word scrumptious. <laughs> now that we've gone down this road, I do need to ask because I've I've actually dabbled in this area because I've had a few different versions of like cheeseburger pizza and a lot of places put pickles on their cheeseburger pizza. I was wondering where you were dabbling. Uh, yeah, I'm dabbling with pickles. Um, but I always do, do you get weird looks when you just order a pizza with pickles? No, on it? Like, because so the, the place I get it is Town Spa. Uh, okay. And they're used to you. <laughs> they're very used to me, but that's where like that's their thing. It's on their menu. They have a pickle oh, pizza and they're actually okay. known for it. So no, okay. I don't get the weird looks. Okay. Okay. Now no. now believe it or not, fried uh fried pickle chips, all awesome. in on those. Oh yeah. Awesome. Love One them. of the best yes. new apps of the last what, five to ten years. Yeah, I would agree. Their- they are tremendous. Yeah, Boy, do we we sound like a bunch of northerners. I love how you said that hard. It's like one of the best new apps yep. around. Meanwhile, like down in Alabama, they're like, well, hell, we had yeah. that. We've had right. them before we had gator nuggets. But they didn't come up here until, yeah, it's true. They yeah, didn't come up true. here until like the last five years, I feel yep. like. And, and now they're everywhere. Now they're at chains. They're at local places. And they are delectable. It's the, I'm sorry. It's, it's the best. Did you have a Patriots question? I did, and I honestly don't even know what it was. (laughs) We got got running on big pickle, and uh, the next thing you know, it's really how this team stinks. Back to Cadillac. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, So, all right, then what do we look forward to in this game? I guess we'll go with that because on one hand – everyone's rooting for Team Tank and for this. It's being over. Yeah, seriously. Like, what, what do you, as a fan, as a as a watcher, while well, you said you're, you're going to be dabbling in your eggnog, we already yep. think you're off the eggnog right now, but <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um, what do you look for in this game? Like, when you're sitting there, what do you watch? How do you make it interesting? How do you make it fun? Well, you make it interesting by betting. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, for my purposes, and I told Gresh this the other day, some of us got Kevin Harris anytime touchdown yeah. at plus 1,800 the other day. Last I looked, it's down to plus 1,200, Ooh. which is still not bad, but um, at plus 1,800, that I believe me, I will be rooting for that because I, I sprinkled a little something something in my FanDuel app on that. Um, and then, you know, some of the, the, the whole thing here where. Um, and I didn't realize this till this week, so I thank the AP and whoever else put this out there and, and got my attention to it. This fact that they haven't had a 100-yard rusher or a 100-yard receiver all year, and it would be the first time. The Packers haven't either. But the first time in a full season since 1977 in Washington. Um, how about we find a way to get a 100-yard receiver or a 100-yard rusher so that you don't have that embarrassment on the Patriots and Bill O'Brien's resume? So, so then who is it? 
Ah, uh, yeah. Demario Douglas? Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, I don't feel great about And they've been close. It's a little bit of an SID stat. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Ramondre Stevenson had 98 yards rushing against the Giants, and Juju had 90 yards receiving right. against the Steelers. So they've knocked on the door, but... I mean, it is interesting that it's been since 1977 that in a full season, um, and they have more opportunities, obviously, because it's a 17-game season, not a 14-game season like it was back then. Um, but I'd be rooting for that. I mean, just root for some fun, from, for some excitement, right? Like competitive football, don't fall apart, don't pull a Chargers. I'm worried a little bit about the second half of this game, yeah. the Patriots pulling a Chargers and just packing it in. I said it to Gresh the other day in the midday show that – um, last year, I thought the Bengals on the road after they picked up that lead, packed it in. And I th- I'd be worried about the opposite. If you're down, let's just say the Patriots are down 17-3, to 17-7, 14-3, something like that. Mm-hmm. I would worry that these guys are thinking about, boy, my kids are at home and I can't wait to get on that plane and start that five-hour flight so that I can be home soon. Like, I think it's human nature. Right. It's tough in any game this time. You're 3-11. and 11. It's tough to rally the troops. You know, guys that you count on aren't playing. Um, and then you talk about it's Christmas Eve, you're the last game, you just want to get home. So I, I would I would hope that they're going to continue to be the Jelani Tavai professionals that a lot of them have been, the David Andrews professionals that a lot of them have been. But I also think they're fighting human nature tonight. Uh, what is the possibility of Denver, Andy Hart, just being like, ah, the Patriots are coming in. It's Christmas. I want to get home. And this thing just becomes bowling shoe ugly. Well, I, I think there's a lot of ways because I do think emotion and effort and energy and attitude is a big factor in tonight's game. Now, the Broncos are 7-7. Seven and seven. For a while there, it looked like they had turned their season around. They had that five-game winning streak that was as impressive as maybe any in football. Then they kind of stumble, and it's like, well, do you want to make the playoffs? Do you not want to make the playoffs? Who are you? Um, I think more talented team on paper. If you just look at play, you know Sutton and Russell Wilson and Sertan and and those guys, like they have mm-hmm. some talent littered across the depth chart. But you're right. What if they pull a Bengals? They're not good enough to say, "Oh, we're up seventeen three in the first half. We can now mail it in." I want to get home. I'm not a five hour flight from home. I'm a shower and a twenty minute ride from home. I want to get home and maybe kiss my kids before they go to bed or whatever. So. I think this is a really interesting game just in terms of investment and emotion and not just business decisions, but like Christmas decisions and, and, and family decisions and those types of things. So, yeah, I think there could be ugly football because, A, I don't think either of these teams are all that good. Even Denver at 500, you look at their numbers, they're not that good on defense. They're not that good on offense statistically. Um, they're capable of a stinker. They're capable of a good performance, too. I don't leave that out. So... This is a little bit of a spin the dial, and you never know what you're going to get because it's Christmas Eve, and who the hell knows what people are thinking. I just uh, I just got in on the fun on Kevin Harris anytime. What'd touchdown. you get? 12, 12 to one. Yeah, yeah. see eighteen hundred. Where's that on Fanduel? Because I'm looking at uh, DraftKings right now. It's down to a thousand. I uh, I got that on the old the old fashioned bookie. Big thighs, big buys, and big money for Andy. Yeah. Let's go, oh, baby. Listen to Cadlick. Oh, on a bookie. <laughs> Sorry, I got you. Got to shop around, boys. I mean, that's what this is all about. 
Um, uh, I, I do think this will probably be a very uh, well-bet, heavily-bet football game in the New England region because of what we're talking about. Like, right. you're trying to make it interesting. You're at a party. Like, you got people over or you're at somebody's house, and everybody's got the app now, and it's like, yeah, let's make this fun. I, I bet you there'll be a lot of... Uh, a lot of wagers being made throughout the day today as you try to spice up your Christmas. I'm going to try and get the entire party on Kevin Harris anytime touchdown. We're going to get it down. Great? To, we're going to get it down to like three to one by the time this thing goes off. But what, wouldn't it be great to celebrate as a group? Right? Yeah. As like he goes into the end zone and everybody just jumps up for nuts. joy, like holiday miracle. It's not a white Christmas, but it's a Kevin Harris TD, baby. Yep, uh, I'm with you. But so here's the other side of the coin with that, right? This the, <laughs> sounds like our uh, our crucial clashes pod. The uh oh, yeah. um, the Patriots have been good. I heard uh, in the first half. I heard Fitzy call him Zappy Half Hour. Um, yep. Is there a chance that that seeps into this again? Are they going to get over that hump, or are we even going to get the opportunity for Kevin Harris to get in the end zone? Like, where do you put this offense as they head into this game? I know you talk about you know the. Uh, the Christmas Eve creeping in and all that, but execution-wise, how Bailey Zappi's performed without Juju now, without Hunter Henry, do you see them getting a spark at all on offense with the passing game, or is it just going to kind of be a dud once again? Uh, let me put it like this. So they've been half good, half bad. Um, I think they are probably closer to two bad halves than two good halves, in my opinion. You take okay. away Hunter Henry, you don't have Ramondre Stevenson, you've been playing without that. Now Connor McDermott, who's been rotating in a little bit, he's out of the mix. Um, you, you can never trust really any of your receivers not named Demario Douglas. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's been pretty good, but can you keep leaning on him? Is Kevin Harris going to give you the spark? I just, I mean, you're you're activating Matt Sokol. Like, am I supposed to get excited about that? I mean, oh, I guess should have done Matt Sokol anytime touchdown. Bet you can get some good money on yeah. that, some good juice oh. on that. Um, but I also think you might as well just you know give Burn that it. to the the yeah, <laughs> or just go put it in one of those <laughs> red Salvation kettles Army. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah Salvation yeah. Army. It. Um, no, I I don't I don't see much reason for for Spark um, for the belief that yeah, this is going to be the game in Denver where they're going to put together. Uh, 60 minutes of football. Like, I thought last week in the second half, um, so you got the Kevin Harris touchdown, mostly thanks to uh, Tony, Kadarius Tony. Like, yep. you, you hit a guy in the hands, it's supposed to be his catch, not an interception, and then a short field to a touchdown. But that could happen. I don't put any of these players on this field beyond that. Neither team is a well-oiled machine um, to any degree. And so, yeah, the could the Patriots surprise me and come out slinging? It's funny because I, I do think – your best chance for the Patriots, whether it's Bailey Zappi or Bill O'Brien scheming and scripting, is early on. It, like I've right. definitely bought into the idea that they fade for whatever reason as the half and as the game goes on. Um, I just think Bailey Zappi, he, he puts the ball in harm's way. That's just the reality, whether it's practice field, second half last week, right? Oh, yeah, that one throw to Willie Get. No, 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 no. There was about five other throws that could have right. ended the exact <laughs> same way. Um, so I think he's closer to a uh, meltdown game or or what we saw uh, yesterday with the Bengals. Like, he threw for 360, but what did he throw? Three picks? Four picks, Browning? Yeah, it was um, three. So I, I think you, you could definitely get a multi-turnover game from – uh, Bailey Zappi in this one. I, I think you're more likely to get multi turnover than multi like woohoo, we're rolling, baby. Uh, I was gonna do a uh, sort of like an an up and down the offensive roster piece, but I'm just gonna select uh, some guys here because I I, I want to do a little game of here or gone in terms Ooh. of 2024, right? I like it. Who's the GM? Now, now, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, you're the you're the GM. Andy. Okay, I'm the GM. That's, 
Ooh, that's I got a nice we, bump uh, in pay. Let's go. All right, so uh, I, I, I'll, I'll work with the people who are not already contractually obligated to be here for next year, right? Okay, okay. So uh, here or gone next year, Zeke Elliott. I am going to say gone. I think he's going to get it. you want him, though? I would like him back. I have been thoroughly impressed with him on and off the field. I love it. But my guess is as his career churns on, and he's not that old, right, 28, but, like, you're a running back. You've had a lot of, you know, wear on those tires. I think he should try to go to Kansas City or to Buffalo, right, like, Go to a place where you mean you shouldn't go three and eleven through his first fourteen games on a new contract. No, <laughs> no, and he's ha- again he's handled it so well. Yeah, but if I'm hi- and, and I think he's played well enough that he'll have more offers and opportunities this off season than he did this past summer. Um, so yeah, I'd be looking to get back in the playoffs to you know go back somebody up where I might be backing up a Super Bowl champ type roster. All right, Kendrick Bourne here or gone next year? I'm going to say here. Uh, because obviously being injured very much limits his value on the open market. Um, I don't know how much he has sought outside of New England anyway. Uh, and I think two of the last three years, you could argue he's been your best receiver, your best playmaker. Now, again, we have no idea which coaches, which GMs, but in my world, Kendrick Bourne is back to be whatever I can get him to be because I think he can be anything from like a really good three to a pretty good two to a Oh, no, he's our one again. <laughs> but isn't that a guy who should go ring chase like Zeke? Because you talk about coming off the ACL and, you know, maybe get a one-year deal. Wouldn't he be more better fit in, like, a Kansas City or a Philly? Sure, and you're right. If somebody like a Kansas City came calling, he should absolutely go. I just don't know what people think of him league-wide. He's had just, like, sort of a strange career. Career highs the first year as a free agent here. Then everything that went wrong last year. Then this year, sort of an uptick again. But, oh, no, he's hurt. I... I I'd be interested to see what I, I think people think Kendrick Bourne is just a run of the mill jag guy on the open market. So I would stay where I kind of have a little bit of a stronghold, even if it's just with some of my teammates. Now, I think this is a must retain player because the market stinks. Hunter Henry next year, here or gone? I am going to say gone. And the reason I say that is 100% financial. Okay. I think he's overpaid right now at 12 and a half a year. And, Gresh, you know how it works. We start from a number and we go from there. Yep. Like, not a lot of people stay in places to take pay cuts. So, am I going to spend $15 million a year on Hunter Henry? Um, love I him. I mean it. To. I was going to say, I don't think anybody's going to spend that. I think yeah. he's no, going to have to take a pay cut no matter where he goes. I know, but usually the pay cut comes somewhere else because the number is already on the books in that place and it's mm-hmm. seen as, like, more of a slap in the face. And I just, I think the circumstances, circumstances, no, I have not had eggnog this morning, I yeah, promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the circumstances might push him, the finances might push him elsewhere. Um, and I would add him to the list of if I get an offer from a team where I can win 10 or 12 games as a complimentary weapon and, and chase playoffs and Super Bowls, guy's not had a lot of success in the NFL. He should be looking for a place where he can land on his feet for good money and a chance to pursue. So I'm going to say gone. Okay, on Wenu, here or gone? I am going to say here because wow. I like it. I think, A, you need him. B, you if you let him go and Trent Brown is gone, so now we're going to find a GM, a head coach, a quarterback, and two starting tackles. Like, holy list, that's tough to fill out. I mean, people that are scrambling to shop right now and see the empty shelves at, like, Target, 
that would be a tough list to fill if you're Andy's doing all calling that. us from a target. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, um, got, you got Calvin Anderson sitting there waiting for next year to Do I? Do I really? Yeah, do I really yeah. want him? So no, I I think you I think Mike Onwenu is more valuable here than elsewhere and I don't think it'll take what we might think. You know, we throw oh, tackle, oh, 80 million dollars. I don't think it's going to go that high with him this offseason. So I'm going to say he's back on like a 5-year $65 million contract. All right, and then finally, Trent Brown. Um, This is me. Andy's favorite player. I know. <laughs> yeah, I would have cut him this summer, so screw next year. I think it's uh, – you don't it, – It's he's a good player. He's a physically gifted player, talented, all of that. I think he's a net negative. And, you know, I'm not just saying that because of things he said recently – um, I just I don't think he's good for a team that's looking to be good. And when you tie your hitch your wagon to him, I think you regret it. Um, I wouldn't pay him. I would wish him well in his future endeavors. And if anybody calls, I would confirm he did work here for a few years. Wow, there you go. There's our guy uh, Andy Hart, who now has the rest of his day to be free and drink as much liquored up eggnog as he wants. Eat, drink, and be merry. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Same to you, Andy Hart. Thanks, Thank you, buddy. guys. We, we appreciate you. There goes. Uh, so how about that? Uh, hour one, Fitzy. Hour two, Andy Hart. We had the whole Six Rings crew in Look because there is no Six Rings postgame show after tonight's game. All right, we've got some uh, inactives. we got some news in the NFL. Cadillac and I will hit that next on WEEI Football Sunday. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La, la, la. One of the favorites. 11.49, Gresham Catholic with you for WEEI Football Sunday. About another hour to go. Patriots will take on the Broncos tonight on Christmas Eve. That game kicks at 8-15. However, uh, we've got a, a couple of inactives to sort of bring your way. Alexander Madison is out. A.J. Dillon out. Nico Collins out once again. Um, or actually, excuse me, sorry. Madison, Dillon, and Collins are active today. The inactives are Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Will Levis. So that means, uh, well, Ryan Tannehill then gets the start for Tennessee, Cap. Yeah, that's interesting. The other one I'm looking at, too, you mentioned the two Green Bay wide receivers, Jaden Reed and Christian Watson, both out. Packers playing the Panthers today, who, if they get a win against the wide receiverless Packers, very much helps out the Patriots draft position if they if they get another win. I don't know what the strength of schedule will look like, but... If the, if the Panthers win, Patriots lose, they're going to be tied for the number one pick record-wise uh, after this Sunday. Well, um, the other one is Nico Collins, who's active today, but there's no C.J. Stroud. So yeah. if you're in a fantasy football semifinals, Nico Collins is one of the guys that got you there. However, yeah, he's had a great season, huh? Without the starting quarterback. Yeah, that's ah! tough. Do you put, like, you know, if you, if you had to, I guess you play Collins, but... That that's probably going to be a whole different looking Houston outfit without C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I'm looking at Collins's numbers fantasy wise the last three weeks. So let's go week twelve, week thirteen, week fourteen. Um, week twelve he had twenty five points. Week thirteen thirty six points. Week fourteen last week with Case Keenum at the helm 
2.3. So I don't think I like him without CJ Stroud today. That's a uh, that's a good pull. That's good analysis right there. And, Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I think I'd have to kind of bail on Nico Collins as well if I'm uh, playing in, in what really should be a championship semifinal round in your fantasy league. I've argued that if your championship round is the uh, last week of the regular season, you're in a bad league. You don't know football. That is for sure. Uh, definitely get the hell out of that league <laughs> yeah. if that is the case. Or... Try to do almost like a uh, a one week redraft and uh, have some fun with the guys who are going to play. Because yeah, now we're talking. You know, Catholic. I'll tell you, week eighteen is really shaping up to be. You know, for teams like New England, they're going to play everybody that they've been playing. But like, I'm watching a thing right here on uh, Tua on uh, ESPN. We've kind of jokingly thrown around the phrase today. Oh, you know, some guys might make some business decisions and maybe not put right. themselves in harm's way. How many teams are going to be managing it that way two weeks from now? It's going to be interesting because, the t- I mean, the top of these leagues with San Francisco and uh, San Francisco in the NFC, and then you have Baltimore and Miami at the top of the AFC. It's like if they're plugged in, at, you know, going into that last week of the season, there's no way you should start, guys, because it's been so, I guess, volatile at the top of each each conference where you don't know who's going to get hurt, who's going to play. Like, the, the amount of quarterback injuries down the stretch, or not even down the stretch, throughout the entire season has been massive. And so if you have a spot even close to locked in, I think you, you're you right. You make your business decisions, especially going into a 17th game of the year. Like, if you're the two seed, why are you going to play two? If you're the one seed, why are you going to play Lamar? So uh, I'm with you on the fantasy angle, too. If, you, if you're playing your, your championships with, you know, uh, Snoop Huntley at quarterback for the Ravens and yeah. whoever the heck is the backup ah. in Miami, Mike White. Like, no, thank you. I'm sorry. I'd even argue that you know you could you could make your championship this weekend in some leagues if you wanted to because again, even the last two weeks of the season, mm-hmm. some teams might you know start to make those decisions that you know we're locked in. We're not gonna we're not gonna do this. I just jumped ahead to uh, last week of the regular season to look at uh, some of the matchups that would just be utter just rubbish. Um, Bears, Packers will be bad. Uh, Jets, Patriots, there's bad. nothing going on. Falcons, Saints, maybe, maybe one of those teams yeah, that'll has be a chance, but probably not. You know, Broncos, Raiders, uh, last week of the regular season has a, a chance to mean just absolutely nothing. And then on the other end, you have Steelers, Ravens, you have Browns, Bengals. You have Texans, Colts, for what it's worth. It might mean something for somebody along the way. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, like, Rams 49ers. You know, are the Rams still going to have a chance against the 49er team who might have the number one seed? That might be up? huge for them. Yeah, it could be. So there is at least a little bit of intrigue. But uh, today it's more about the injuries. And the injury report is brought to you by our friends at the Catches Law Group. If you are injured at work, go call our friends at Catches catcheslaw.com is where you can find them online we get into our final hour of weei football sunday patriots and the broncos will play later tonight that's an 8 15 kickoff uh but we will talk to our two-time super bowl champion christian fourier next on weei football sunday listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader and watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on mlb big inning mlb at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month deep left field it's gonna go alvarez ties the game 
subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.